0: Another day, another FPL pod. Jack, how are you finding the weekend? Hi, hey Josh. Yeah, good to be back. Good to be talking
1: on another episode. Feeling good. I've had a holiday. I've wildcarded. Had a wedding. All three went very well. Not my wedding, but was a guest at a wedding and that went well. The wildcard was in play as the wedding was in play. As usual weddings, many... I would say, of the male guests were checking the scores as they were flying in. As Lukaku's goals were going in, there were celebrations all across the board. Great weekend. Yeah. How about you? How was yours?
0: Yeah, good. Not as exciting as yours by the sounds of it. You know, just generally pottering about and keeping my ear to the ground with how Ronaldo Lukaku did, basically. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm guessing it was like... You could tell immediately from those guests whether they were face palming or beaming ear to ear what their picks had gone with.
1: Well, they were quite older guests, Josh. I would say Ooh. they were mainly older gentlemen. It was a strange wedding. It was yeah, there was average age was quite old, but they were f- avid football fans. A couple of Chelsea fans. Yeah, good to share share the joy with Lukaku's performance. So, what's on the agenda, Josh, today? What what's what we doing?
0: What are we going to cover? Well, we're going to start with looking at our game week four points. So how did we do the highs and lows of game week four? Then we're going to move on to some talking points. So something we covered before, which worked really well. We're going to revisit where the the top five XG and XAs are for the who, who are the top five in each of those categories, players wise, and then kind of do some follow-up analysis, considering that. Then we're going to look at some premiums. How do you juggle between these premiums? There's a lot of premiums flying about that. People have got their eyes on now, not to name names, but we'll get there. And then we're going to focus in on four of those. So the Salah, Lukaku, Ronaldo's, and we've got Trent in there at the moment, but we'll, we'll delve deeper into that. We're going to then look at how, we, how do we focus on, on where these points are going to come from in the future. So we've noticed already there's a trend with home fixtures, and then we're going to cover some more specific points like, you know, what does Antonio's red card mean? Leeds with their performances so far? What, you know, what, what can we take from that? Are Spurs bad to read from our notes? That's exactly what we've got sure. written there. And then bring it full circle with, you know, game week plan, transfer plans and captaincies. And we're going to cover a little bit in the Algo teams, but I know you're going to cover a little bit more and explain a little bit more at the end of, of the pod for that.
1: Sure. Sure. All right, man. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm keen. Let's get it going.
0: Let's get it going. Game week four. Do you want to start? How did you do? I know you wildcarded, so I'm yeah, waiting I, to hear. How'd go? Yeah, I will start and I can confirm
1: now. So we are recording just as the Everton Burnley game is about to kick off. But it has been confirmed that Calvert-Lewin is a no-show. So I therefore know my final points total because he was about to play. So post wildcard, it means Duffy comes in with his five points for my absent Calvert-Lewin. Uh, and I end on 72 points, which I'm really pleased with. Very so pleased. According to the one of the websites that calculates the rank, your sort of live rank, FPL Game Week, I'm, uh, I'm now on 1.5 mil, which doesn't sound too good. But I, I was up. That means I'm up, I think... 700,000 places, maybe, which is pretty good. You know, I can't sniff at that. Actually, yeah, yeah about 900,000 places up. So I was 2.5 mil. Wow. And now 1.6. So, yeah, really pleased. Really pleased with how the wild card's gone. As I say, the captain, Lukaku, really came in after Ronaldo banged. It was, a, um, it was not a good morning. Not a good morning after that game. But, yeah, Lukaku coming in with that 93rd-minute goal. Really, really... Maybe feel a lot better about not going with Ronaldo and going for Lukaku instead. Annoyed about the Antonio red card, but as I'm sure many of us are, and a bit disappointed with my the much talked about budgety mids. So Jota, Torres, Traore, all of them blanking, which was which was a shame. Salah did well as he always does. Trent phenomenal. Sanchez in goal, a nice six points. Regular on at Spurs, and we're going to kind of come on to Spurs. That was really disappointing watching them, and then finally, kind of Cody with the six pointer, as we expected. all solid defense and good fixtures coming coming well for me there. So yeah, all in all, really pleased, Josh. As you know, it has been a great start for me this season. But it's great. to wildcard. wild card. It's a great feeling when you wild card and then it goes well the week after, isn't it? It's always a nice thing to happen.
0: Yeah, and that uh, captain bringing in. Making a big move and then captain him Lukaku it's, and then yeah. him getting a brace. Huge. It's lovely. Yeah,
1: it's a lovely feeling. Um, and he is just so good, isn't he? Lukaku. He's a I think he's gonna do that all season, regardless of fixture. Yeah, he just dominated us, dominated Villa. So
0: as expected. Yeah. Yep, so well, that's me 72. Delightful. I mean, I know you've pointed out, I was gonna ask you highs and lows, but you've gone through them already. You pointed out some lows, but in the big context, a 900k yeah. increase, so you're jumping your overall ranking, a massive green arrow. Got to be happy with that.
1: Always happy with the green arrow, regardless of size. But, I mean, it's early, this early in the season, you get these massive swings, don't you, in, uh, in ranking number. But, yeah, it's always great to get a big swing than a low swing, isn't it? So, yeah, really, really pleased all in all and it's great it's lovely when you get that final player doesn't play unexpectedly but someone from your bench comes on with a with a nice amount of points I know you've had the same thing this week Josh so why don't you how did you do tell me tell us all
0: yeah I've had literally as you said Liveramento is coming off the bench to me and that will for me and that will make it uh, 65 points overall not the sky high yeah not healthy I think it's a, a small green arrow in overall rank but I'm pretty happy considering watching all of the wildcard teams, watching a lot of those big players, the Ronaldo brace, the Kaku brace. I was getting really worried going into the Liverpool game, just praying Salah was going to come up with something. Thankfully, those Liverpool players returned well. I think it could have been a very different story. So to get a green arrow in a week and still have my wildcard, only using free transfers yeah overall happy happy with that
1: you did really well there i mean yeah to survive to get a green arrow 65 points without ronaldo or lukaku this week is that's got to be a very rare thing to have done man i mean yeah I
0: dodged a bullet literally yeah, dodged a great bullet.
1: it's your defense as well really that, that got you through i can see there so Kufaul, Trent, trenton shaw all returning well um, Liv Rimento
0: off the bench, yeah, Sanchez. I
1: was surprised to see, I know we talked about it last week, but I was surprised to see you start Simicast because, I mean, the threat was him coming on, wasn't it, for Robertson. And if he'd come on with that one pointer, it would have blocked Livers. Do you think yeah. you start live next week or stick with Simmy or?
0: Well, the more that I thought after our call, the more I actually reversed my opinion and thought, you know, Southampton, although looking like they're leaky, Leverimento ha- plays more minutes, more opportunity for attacking returns because he is quite attacking down that right-hand side. And obviously, you never know what's going to happen with a clean sheet. So that that could have worked out. But then I did flip back to Simi yeah. when I saw that Robertson had played all minute, ever, every single minute he could possibly play for Scotland, thinking mm. with the Champions League games coming in this week, Liverpool playing on Wednesday, I thought maybe there's a chance that he'll be rested uh, for, for that AC Milan game. Obviously, it's Andrew Robertson thinking about it now. He plays every minute when he's even half fit. So, yeah, that I kind of got a bit lucky there because Simicast could have easily come on at the end. But, yeah, I think I'll be doing it the other way around from now on. I like he called it a call last week. Like this is
1: like a business meeting.
0: <laughs> You're part of the call. Following yeah. our
1: call last week. No, that's no fair play. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, the European games this week will um, be interesting to see who starts for those teams. And, um, whether that weighs in on our choices this week. I always find it a bit of a a bit of a red herring with those, particularly the Champions League games. I find that people worry a bit too much about the minutes in the Champions League games. Europa League's a bit different because it's on the Thursday. But I think, you know, if Salah plays 90 minutes in the Champions League on a Tuesday, I don't think that has any bearing on whether he starts on on the Saturday, does it? Unless he gets injured.
0: No, I think it it just accentuates the players that you already have doubts about, doesn't it? So the Manchester Cities or or the, yeah. the Chelsea teams that you get worried about rotation in any given week, yeah. you throw in Champions League midweek and you think, okay, well, that's just accentuated now because, you know, 75% or 8% chance of this person starting or getting replaced by someone else just to keep fresh legs. Suddenly that, you know...
1: It's weird, and it, isn't it? I see, yeah, you are right. But I swear it's happened before where like, you know, Sterling or start for City on Wednesday in the Champions League everybody panics if they've got him oh he comes off on 70 minutes oh that probably means he's going to start on Saturday no doesn't you know it, I don't know if we read too much into it or I don't know the numbers Josh which is a theme on this pod but <laughs> I don't know the stats of how many times it does impact a player's starting berth on the Saturday particularly for Man City but anyway yeah, that's just an aside. That wasn't in the running order. So just a little diversion.
0: Um, yeah, new new topics. I love it. Bring it yeah. in.
1: Yeah, uh, but I think all in all, game week four's gone gone very well for us. And considering you didn't wild card, as we say, to just get seven points less than me, without Cac and Ronaldo, is a is a brilliant brilliant performance.
0: Um, I take it. But I'm scared. I'm scared going forward. So we, well, we, we can, can discuss cover that more.
1: Fear. We'll talk about your fear in the next section, shall we? Or maybe section three. Well, we'll spread your fear. We'll spread your fear around all the sections. Great. Um, I would like that. Thank
0: you. Good, good.
1: Shall we move to section two? That's how we did. Should we go to section two?
0: Yeah, let's cover some talking points. So starting with the XG and XA, do you want to cover uh, the top five XG players that we've got lined up?
1: Yes, indeed. Yep, I'll reel them off and then we can we can talk about what we think of them. So topping the XG now, After a very interesting performance yesterday, I thought, for Liverpool, is Mane with 3.52. So that's 3.52 expected goals after four games, this is. So we've got Mane in the number one spot. Just behind him is Antonio with 3.5. So despite his red card and a poor performance generally, he's still in this this top XG. DCL, the no-show tonight, is third with 3.16. Mo Salah, I think, makes his first appearance in the top five XG with 2.79. And then a very promising player, very interesting player to me, Connor Gallagher at 2.6. Crystal Palace, 2.6 XG for Connor. So that's the top five XG. Shall we let's talk about them, Josh, shall we, before we go to the XA players? So, first of all, Mane, Liverpool fan, Josh. What did you make of his? He got a goal. What did you make of his performance uh yesterday against um who's it against? It was I watched the game. Leeds Leeds, Leeds. What did you make of Mane?
0: He was shocking. Um <laughs> I think to to put it into context, yes, I think you look at 3.52 over the course of four games, pretty decent, you know. getting getting on the way to having an average actually of getting one goal a game. Two how of how many,
1: that. how many has he got? How many goals?
0: He's got there. two goals. Right. So he's incredibly underperforming for the opportunities according to the XG stats. Mm-hmm. Two of those, of that 3.52, is made up purely from that Leeds game.
1: I mean, and he, he only scored one shots? goal. Ten shots, I
0: think. Yeah. Had, yeah, I can't remember. The snap popped up towards the end of the game and he had ten shots and yeah. Leeds only had nine at that point.
1: Yeah, that so, was I mean, leads Leeds to him.
0: I mean, yeah. And he was just incredibly wasteful, not just with his shots, but with his overall general play. I feel like early in the game before Jota got taken off, it was free-flowing football from Liverpool, very good, even before Leeds had the red card. Um, They looked dominant, but he looked like the kind of misfit out of the front three, really, the one who wasn't so confident with his touch, trying to do lots of things, But missed passes, inaccurate passes, if I was going to sum it up in as short, as least as many words as possible, it would be that he lacks precision at the moment. Um, He took his finish very well, but the amount of opportunities that he had and the amount of chances he should have created for his teammates he was it yeah. was, wasn't was a great performance for him
1: as a Jotter as a owner it was very frustrating watching him very very annoying because Jotter I think put two or three on a plate for him and that he, he scuppered and as you say Jotter was open a few times that Mane should have um, should have seen him instead of shooting but what's interesting for me about the Mane thing is you're right if you're a fan or a coach or a fellow player to Mane Liverpool it's very annoying but as an FPL manager you kind of don't care if he misses nine, but he scores one, you know, and the fact he had 10 shots, that's kind of like, that's tantalising as an FPL manager, isn't it really? So it's, it falls under one of those, yes, he's poor from a pure footballing standpoint, which should be doing a lot better, but 10 shots and one goal, one goal means points for a midfielder. And the fact that he's getting 10 chances is really good, really promising for an FPL manager. I mean, I I had Mane in week game, week one. He did nothing. Bruno got three, so I sacked him off for Bruno and then caught two of Bruno's blanks, which was great. Got rid of him. But yeah, that was the Mane I brought in, really. I kind of known that he wasn't on super hot form, but he does get in those chances and he can finish. He just struggles to, you know? it's
0: That was going know. to be the, the point that I was going to ask you. and Maybe if I asked the question directly, you might have... Have a slightly different opinion, but do you see the three point five two as a positive thing, as an FBL manager, yeah. as in maybe I should consider money, or do you see that three point five two xg with only two goals scored and nine chances missed in the Leeds game, for example, as a negative thing? So he's underperforming as a finisher. How would you see that, and would you then rec- recommend him to other FBL managers, or would you say steer clear? That's always a million-dollar question with XG, isn't it? Do you,
1: if a player has a high one but they've underperformed it, is it a good or bad sign? And you really can spin it both ways. With Mane, I do see it as a good thing. As an FPL manager, I don't think he is. The only reason I'd say he's a bad pick, in quotes, on a wild card, for example, would be because there are other premiums that are better. Like, If you get him and Salah, then getting a Lukaku or Ronaldo and a Trent is going to be very difficult uh, without making your team team bad. So it's not the XG that puts me off him. It's his price, really. So that's why I'd err a wave. So in isolation, he's a good pick, I think. But in the context of the rest of your team and how that will look by having him, then I don't think he's the best pick. I think there are better better other picks but it wouldn't surprise me if he continued to bang in the goals I just think Salah's like if Salah got injured now I'd bring Mane in for sure yeah I think he's a better okay I think he's a better pick than Bruno put it that way
0: oh interesting yeah what yeah. about you mm, I maybe see it as a bad thing mm. purely from the perspective of they're not going to pan every team he's not going to get 10 chances in every game. That's and if he's true. only putting away one in 10, how many games does it take him to do that? I mean, yes, he's scored two goals in four games, but I think Liverpool have one of the highest XGs overall of over any of the teams that may not, it won't continue to be that high as they face better opposition or maybe go through drop in form or, you know, the team has to rotate a little bit for Champions League or cup games or whatever. And I don't have confidence that he will continue to return if he gets less chances. Interesting.
1: Yeah, good point. About, I mean, yeah, the fact that two of the XG came from that one game is, is something for sure. Yeah. Well, that, what more can we say on Mane? That's well, I think you, you've already of,
0: said disregard it because of the, the price base. anyway. So we're not recommending him.
1: We've covered the base, exactly. So Antonio is next. I think we're coming up. Let's let's leave Antonio for now because we'll talk about what to do with him because a lot of people owed him. He got the red card. What do we do? It's a big question with Antonio that we'll come on to. DCL in third, as we said, hasn't started. It was cryptic from Benitez this week, wasn't it? He said he's been training with, any, with pain and with an injury. I think most people took that to mean that he'll start because he'd been training with that injury all season so far and he was photographed in training so I think it is a bit of a shock really that he's not in the squad at all this week yeah and disappointing really for for most owners what do you think
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm not a dcl owner so i haven't had my magnifying glass over the you know the dcl injury concerns but i think he's a great option and actually at that price point in the strikers like it's kind of between him and Antonio, similar price points. I think they're, they're the best, definitely, options at the moment, those two. Um, right. And everyone kind of looked at Everton's fixtures as well because they've got Villa, then Norwich up next too. But if DCL is not going to be fit, then, yeah, you don't want to be taking risks on that because that strike the striker slots are so valuable at the moment, aren't they? We talked earlier on that maybe all the values in the midfielders, now that's on its head. So I think you can't be wasting a a striker slot on someone who's either not an enabler or someone who's just going to be injured, for example.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. How injured is he is going to be the question. How much blood from the stone that is Benitez can we draw in terms of information on this injury now? Because it it is definitely concerned, especially if you own Antonio and DCL. You know Antonio's not going to be in the next game. If you're thinking of, rota- if thinking of benching him for now, but you've got DCL, who may also be out, it may force a bit of a hand on a transfer, I think. But yeah, I think it's a wait and see. As you say, if he's fit, fantastic option. Let's wait and see what the extent of this injury is. I think it's the bottom line of DCL. Um,
0: yeah, agree.
1: Yeah, so obviously don't bring him in if you haven't got him yet. If you've got him, wait and see. Fourth, Mo Salah, what more can you say? For me, the most essential player in the game. Don't think about it. Get him in your team. Captain him a lot of the time if you're in any doubt. That's all I would say about Salah. Thoughts? I
0: can't agree more. He yeah. was electric
1: against Leeds. He was. Yeah, just great Great assist potential, great goal potential. Yeah, get him in your team. Build the rest of the team around him. Done. Gallagher. A more interesting chat maybe we can have about Gallagher. 5.6 now, I think. I think he went up in price. Shining for Palace. I think he's on corners. He's everywhere for them. He's
0: making, bringing the most out of their other players. Is he on your radar, Josh? He is for his performances. I'm not looking to bring him in at the moment, purely because I'm not looking to wildcard. So therefore, I'm not really... He's too expensive to be someone who's just sat on your bench. You want to start him, right? So, and I I have, I think, apart from Rafinha, no one from the midfield that I would want to get rid of for him. I'm also a bit wary that, bar this game week, I know he, he, he cropped up with a goal earlier on, but Crystal Palace as a team, I would not have a lot of confidence in. So obviously Tanganga got sent off this week. Palace were definitely up for it. Uh, watching the game, but Spurs just rolled over after they lost Tanganga. Dyer got injured after 11 minutes. Yeah. Romero wasn't there as well. Son also wasn't in the game. They looked like a wounded animal, they basically.
1: Were, that's a great way of putting it. They were a wounded animal. But they I'd say even before the injuries in the red card, they were still hanging on. It was Palace were going for it. Yeah, I'd, I always write off Palace every year. I don't, I'd never think about them, not even Zaha anymore. But I do wonder, and speaking of the wedding again, one of them was a Palace fan, this, this guy, and he was very excited about Vieira and the post-Hodgson era of attacking mentality for Palace. That Eduard came on two goals. Yeah, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on him. And if, if, it, come, if it came to... I think he's the best under six midfielder now, no doubt yeah. in my mind, like better than Smith Rowe. I think he's better than Gray, although Gray will probably bang in a couple tonight. Yeah. If I had to downgrade to enable, I'd go for for um, Gallagher. Gallagher. I'd go for Gallagher. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, at that you know, price, 5.6 to get what is a nailed playmaker for any team is incredible, isn't it? Because that, that's what he is. I mean, in that, Crystal Palace game, everything yeah. good went through him. He tied the midfield to the attack.
1: Yeah,
0: He looked like he had, was given a free roll. He's on set pieces. I mean, that's a lot of potential points, even for a team that maybe you're not 100% confident in. They've got Liverpool next. You know, take that what you what you will out of that. I mean, if you're trying to maybe try and beat the price rises that he may have coming, then you might want to just get him in anyway. But they then they've got Brighton, Leicester... Arsenal and Newcastle so he's definitely one to watch isn't he no doubt
1: no doubt about it quickly moving on to the top five for XA so expected assists so Trent's at first Jesus second Mason Mountain third Grealish fourth and Antonio joint fourth joint fifth I guess with with Grealish so I guess we can go through these just Trent for me he's the defensive Salah in the I think just get him in your team and don't think about it. Don't think about, well, I mean, we're going to come on to the big four debate if you're wild carding or if you want to get those big four premiums in. And he is one of them in in my book. For me, he's essential. He's, I've had it before when I've gone without him and he's always, he's always killed me when I haven't had him. So now I'm just bring him in and enjoy his points would be my, my advice Liverpool looking good for clean sheets. He's created the most chances in the league by a distance, I think. I think he's created 20 chances and the next one's 13 with Jesus. I mean, yeah, thoughts on Trent?
0: Everything that you said, and then you consider he's 7.5, which is incredible valuation. If that was a midfielder, and I know obviously the points will be calculated differently, but if you look at the sum of points that he has now, and you see him as a midfielder, and you say, this, this guy's 7.5, we'd all be saying, mm. you've got to get him in, got to get him in. straight away. I, I, people look differently because he's a defender, but in that Liverpool team, he has, he basically has a free role almost down that right-hand side, and the midfielders work to cover him because he's often in the middle of the pitch or you know, overlapping or underlapping or whatever down that right-hand side. I, I think he's, as you said, the fourth premium
1: yeah, he's got his confidence back, hasn't he? As well. Like last year, last year he definitely had a blip. He had COVID. It was a weird year, anyway. He wasn't looking himself. Now he definitely looks back to himself. I would say. Yeah, and gotta happen. Better than more, more. It seems to be more penetrating than Robertson is at the moment. Whereas Robertson, at, at times, Robertson has eclipsed him for short periods. I would say, but but Trent overall. Easily justifies the 0.5 more. Jesus, he's here again. He's making assists. He's a new, is a reborn, rebirth winger. Jesus, are you tempted, or is the city, the city philosophy of avoid all? Does that still apply to Jesus for you, Josh?
0: You made a good point about this. I think last week where he's great. He kind of passed that test of yeah, the underlying stats plays for a great team, looks to be getting consistent selections now that we're seeing. But the fact that he's a striker and stealing one of those very, very important striker slots and his price point, yeah, I think it takes him off the table. So yeah, if you want to go for him as maybe a not a differential of sorts, but I think there are better options. If you need to kind of gain some points from somewhere outside of the template, maybe, then he may be a good shout. But personally not for me
1: I do agree I mean if these strikers continue to drop like flies Antonio and DCL then then I think I'll, I'll look more at him and if he continues to start I think he's he's definitely more tempting but again a bit expensive the city rotation exactly what you said Josh there's, um, there's more there's still things to be wary of with him yeah Mason Mount I've, I stick by what I said last week I think he's a good option I really do yeah, the, the other seven, 7.5 mids this week did disappoint. Traore, Torres, Jota. They didn't come through with points. Um, did Mason get any points,
0: actually? Why? He didn't play. Oh, there you go. Avoid. And I have to admit, I don't know why he didn't play, but I think... Is that a Champions League thing? What's going I'm, on? Not sure. Not sure at all. But I think what, what it points to, that, again, is, is the is the depth of that Chelsea team that they can go out mm. and put a 3-0 performance in i know it was a tough game you you probably know more than me you watched it more than I'm sure, with more interested than me i'm I sure I didn't even
1: know he didn't play josh so clearly i was at the wedding so he, uh, but uh, yeah i'm
0: not not sure why he he didn't make an appearance but uh, Ziyech, uh i'm assuming came in to kind of replace him in that role because still we had you know havertz lukaku all going on Kovacic, Sol, their new signing came on and was replaced yeah. by Jorginho later Apparently
1: on. Apparently he was awful first half, Soul. yeah. I mean, Tuchel even said, did you see his quote on him afterwards, like, yeah, he wasn't ready, my fault. He was making loads of mistakes, had to take him off, I take responsibility. So that was quite blunt from, from Tuchel there. Yeah, I mean, our Chelsea, is that Chelsea midfield becoming a bit City-esque in terms of avoid, be careful?
0: Without knowing the reasons why Mount didn't play I can't say that Ziyech had an amazing game. You look at his stats for that game, 0.04 XG, 0.07 XA. It didn't look like he had an amazing influence in creating chances or having opportunities himself. So
1: Kovacic was the main threat, to be fair, surprisingly, creatively. From Um, a
0: deeper role, yeah. So, I mean, I think we can't comment on Mount's... Current interest because obviously we don't know the reason why he was. It was this just, just a, a potential knock or availability? But I think the point still stands that like you mentioned from last week. We're interested in him because of those underlying stats, and normally he's nailed on. That still applies for me. I obviously wouldn't wouldn't really get him in until I'm. I've kind of got my eye on Chelsea's amazing run from game week seven onwards. Yeah. So I would say if you don't have him, you know, don't see him as an essential. There are other options still that are maybe a little bit better and more nailed on. Maybe look to a little bit later when you've got more info on him.
1: Yeah, good point, I think. Good point. And then the last two, Grealish and Antonio. As I say, we'll talk about Antonio next. Jack Grealish, he continues to start for City and continue to create chances. I think still only one goal, one assist for Jackie Boy. eight million. Have your thoughts changed on on Grealish? You tempted?
0: I just think he's quite expensive for someone who maybe doesn't have that high a ceiling compared to some of the others around that price point. Something just doesn't feel sit right with me about bringing him in. I, I think I I think that eight million is maybe better spent elsewhere, um, and I can't really tell you why. Underlying stats for the you know XAs in the top five, he's obviously going to have an influence and. Because of he came in for 100 mil, you'd think he'd have more minutes compared to the others. But I, I, it says something that the other, a lot of other players in that City attack, be it midfielder or attackers, have kind of come up with more points than him so far. Yeah,
1: and... I, yeah I agree with you. I think what's happened in McGrealish is less... When he was at Villa... The number one philosophy was get the ball to Grealish first before you do anything else. Look up, see if, can you find Grealish? Yes, pass to him. No, look, do something else. He's obviously not the main man at City now. So chances are getting created, not through him necessarily. And I think he's, I know he's started every game so far, but that the sword of Peppercles can fall at any time. And the dagger, the dagger or sword, whatever, Pep's sword can slice at any time. And every time a team sheet comes out, it wouldn't be a surprise to see Grealish bench, would it? He's still amongst the mix. He's still in the mixer for that rotation. So I agree. I agree it's an avoid still, unless unless those numbers start perking up, I would say, in terms of output. Yeah, he's just another very good player in the City mixer now. That means avoid.
0: And they've got loads of them.
1: Yeah, they do. He's just the latest ingredient in the trifle so josh you've added on the little cheeky bonus stats to this xg table that we look at you've put a Lukaku and a ronaldo in there for so he although these guys have obviously played fewer minutes than their contemporaries ronaldo especially 90 minutes played 1.42 xg which is quite impressive i would say he's having a lot of shots he scored two. Maybe this is a great time to move on to our next section. You've titled the premium juggle and the question of can you get the big four in? So the big four sat at the moment in this kind of zeitgeist. So I would say a Salah, Lukaku, Ronaldo and Trent. So my question to you, Josh, can you get them in and
0: should you get them in? Go. I think it's, it's kind of in the middle. So I think, and I cheekily had a look at just the kind of top, the top ranked six, seven players in FPL at the moment overall. I think probably about 50% of them had all four, but all of them had three of the four. Yeah. And the majority of that was Salah, Trent, and then either Lukaku or Ronaldo. Uh, I think there was only one of them that didn't have Trent. So I think... To steal from the best in the game at the moment, (laughs) and that's trying to put my point across, is I think out of the big four, you should be looking to have at least three of them. And if you really want to stretch to four and have that much confidence in just these four and and don't want to spread your value anywhere else to bring in, you know, your slightly better, more expensive assets in defence or midfield, then you can settle on 3 and really set up a plan to look at fixtures to flip between some of them how do you feel about that 3 is it in your head is it 3 or 4 before we yes, kind
1: of get yes i completely deeper? agree with you 3 of the 4 is essential 3 of the 4 definitely needs to be got if you can get 4 and i think 4 probably can be done like there will be a team with all four of them that will do very, very well. It's just a question of who those other players are, because you just do have to take a hit in the quality department, especially on your bench, if you want to fit them all in. Now, when you, when I say three of the four you should get, I think two of those three need to be Salah and Trent. So it's two of the four, and then one of the other two, would be, I think, of the... Um, essential picks. Would you agree, Trent and Salah? I mean, we mentioned them earlier. I think Trent and Salah are the ones.
0: Yeah, I think they're, they've they got to be nailed on for me. You've, from what we've seen already, unless something, unless Liverpool implode, they've, they've just got to stay there and almost be fixture-proof, set and forget. And then, as you said, it just becomes a, do you unbalance the rest of your team and go for four? Or do you pick some slightly better assets and just look to switch between Ronaldo and Lukaku, depending on their fixtures. And and people have already pointed towards the next two for United West Ham, you know, without Antonio and West Ham being a team that looks to score goals rather than defend. Maybe that may play well for United's kind of new attacking, almost all gung-ho philosophy and then Villa. And then they've got Everton, Leicester, Liverpool, you could switch to Lukaku after, you know, from game week seven, because Chelsea have got Tottenham and City, where you might not want Lukaku for the next two. And then they've got Southampton, Brentford, Norwich, and then a a good run continuing after that. So that's (sighs) what people have mentioned. But what what do you think? Uh, The argument could be put forward that all of these four players are fixture proof. So you just need to pick who you think is your favourite.
1: I would say that. I would say... Yeah, I'd say they're fixture proof. And I would say booking in transfers for three four weeks time rarely comes to fruition for your team because you get the you get DCL not playing, you get Antonio Red Cards, you get all sorts of shenanigans that you don't know are gonna happen each week that then happen, especially with the European games coming up. So I don't think well, for me, it's never work, booking and transfers weeks in ahead, weeks in advance, and juggling between premiums is such a luxury option to have. It sort of assumes there's no fires in your team, does there? But my teams are constantly burning building, you know, it's just, and I'm just putting out fires in different corners. So in an ideal world, yes, let's play the premium juggle, but I just don't think. In a real world, it's uh, it's feasible. And as we, we often reference it, Josh, but we kind of did find that for attacking players especially, the fixtures aren't that important of, in terms of when they return. Now, I would say Lukaku and Ronaldo are more known as maybe flat-track bullies than other attacking players. And as in, they're very, very good at bullying the weaker teams. Like, they're amazing at it. So maybe there's a, an argument for it, but... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, just look, I was just looking at them. I did find a team earlier that did have all four of them in and it got, it's got 87 points this week and it is pretty good. It's a pretty good team. So it's Ronaldo, Lukaku, Antonio up top, midfield of Torres, Gray and Salah. So they're playing a four, three, three. And then they've got Ailing, Marcal, Trent and Livramento with Sanchez in goal. So that it means they're playing a four and a four, two 4.5s in defence and they've obviously got Torres and Grey in midfield with Salah. But I don't think that's that bad. This week especially, it's done very well. So as I say, yeah, I think, and their bench will obviously be horrendous. It doesn't show their bench, but it can be done. I just, they're not, Ronaldo and Lukaku aren't going to score two every week, are they?
0: Each. They're just not going to. So, no, yeah. And I think this week was maybe a little bit skewed in the fact that it was a good week in terms of fixtures for all of the premiums. Yeah, which is rare. Yeah, so I think it was always going to be a potentially high-scoring week as everyone, it was a week that everyone kind of was going to go in, all in on premiums. And there were lots of captaincy options. I think I haven't seen a team yet that, or haven't seen many teams, sorry, that didn't have, you know, high points scored through their captains because all of the premiums did well you know whether you went lukaku ronaldo salah trent or or whoever i mean people who may may have gone for Antonio, who looked great on the face of it yeah obviously have been burnt there but the majority of fpl managers would have gone for the former one of the former and they all did well that's not going to happen every week and if actually when we get to the captaincy for this week it doesn't look like that way on the face of it
1: no no i mean yeah, I feel bad for people doing wildcard and get them in this week. Like, it couldn't have gone worse for them, really. I mean, you're a great example of a rare person who did okay, despite not happening for, but... when I mean, the Ronaldo ones, especially. I don't know if this is me... I was wondering if this is me kind of looking to justify not having Ronaldo. But on the face of it, it's his goals were quite lucky. I'm going to say it. Sorry, United fans, but they were jammy. I mean... The keeper, it was the third choice Newcastle goalie, I think. And he definitely showed it for those goals. I mean, the Greenwood, spilling the Greenwood shot right into Ronaldo's feet. Obviously, great anticipation from Ronaldo there. He's a class actor doing that. And then his second goal was straight through his legs from a distance. So I just felt, I don't know, I felt that they, it wasn't, I mean, they're not going to be goals in Ronaldo's high, career highlight reel, are they? I know he had next year 1.42, so maybe I'm talking nonsense here, but I still feel better with Lukaku over Ronaldo in my team, put it that way. And I'm not fearing Ronaldo. Maybe I should be. But as someone without Ronaldo or Lukaku, Josh, who is more tempting to you out of the two? Um,
0: Lukaku, I think, for me. You're just just
1: saying that to make me feel better?
0: uh, Partially, no. no. (laughs) Um, I think you've mentioned before that he is playing for maybe a more balanced team. What we do, what we think we may know about United now is they're just willing to go all out. But what I would say is, bar their opener and the game this week, the other two performances were not incredible. And I think what was apparent about those two games where they've just you know, panned Leeds and then they've panned Newcastle is they're both home games. And they're both games where momentous things were happening and had the crowd buzzing more than they normally would be. For opening game of the season back in Old Trafford, everyone's there. They roll out Varane as a presentation before the game. Crowds hyped. Spectacle. United come out all guns blazing against the Leeds team who haven't really found their feet this season and yeah. you know they, they weren't great. Newcastle, CR7's back. Ronaldo's yeah. back, crowds absolutely buzzing you feel yeah. bad for the opposition team you you kind of know and i was watching the build up to that game thinking ronaldo's going to going to definitely score in this game whether they can keep that up at home games is is one thing but for away games and against other teams they're not going to they're not going to have that backing and support and i think the performance of united will drop whereas actually chelsea i think you can maybe tell me more but they were not playing great and lukaku just pops up out of nowhere and scores his first and then obviously they kind of take dominance from there. But Villa looked all right, you know, and had yeah. them had them um almost you could say oh that maybe that's Chelsea not purring but then obviously they changed soul at half time. I guess what, what I'm trying to say is I think United had everything going for them a team at home on form Ronaldo did well. Chelsea were not playing very well. Lukaku still banged it. I, I think Lukaku Will get points in any scenario playing for Chelsea, and they are a team that can do well even when they're not playing well. Whereas United will kind of have peaks and troughs, and maybe not perform as well in some games as others.
1: They're a better team, Chelsea, aren't they? Put it bluntly, best yeah. players. But yeah, Chelsea. That Chelsea Villa game, I think both teams had the same xG, one point four three. So Villa squandered a lot of chances. We should have scored really. Like Mendy made some great saves, some great blocks from Thiago Silva and, yeah, poor finishing from Villa, but, yeah, clinical stuff from, from Lukaku, like you say. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think Lukaku, yeah, will just get more chances and is probably, a, dare I say it, a better player than Ronaldo at this moment in time. But, and he's a mil cheaper in FPL, so, yeah, I think not being able to have both yet, I'm happier having Lukaku than, than Ronaldo.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, we'll know more as as we see more games, but free kicks and penalties could have a factor in that. Because if Jorginho's yeah. on the pitch, we don't know if Lukaku's taken him no, yet. No, so,
1: interesting. We don't know yet. Yeah, but we don't know if Bruno will have him either
0: still. It, it, exactly. So we can't say whether that meal is, is extra, is, is tilts the balance in Ronaldo's. But yeah. at the moment... I would prefer to have Lukaku on my team, Um, especially from game week seven with those fixtures.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah, there's an argument to get, if you can have Ronaldo in for the two, and then a lot of people are planning a wildcard game week seven, which is interesting. And if you are doing that, there might be a case for Ronaldo now, Um, for sure. Uh, Just to round off the premium discussion, obviously there are more premium options than these four. I'm thinking Bruno and Kane, uh, should we avoid Bruno and Kane?
0: Let me answer the easy one. Kane, yes, at the moment, because Tottenham need to find their feet with with those players that have been injured. Off the back of that result, it's not clear whether they will back, bounce back with a vengeance and aggression, or whether they will need to find some time to to you know find their form and get their players back. Are you interested in Kane? What are you thinking?
1: No, couldn't be less interesting, Kane. Uh, watching that Palace game, I mean, it showed how important Son has become for them, really, in that game. But yeah, they, he did nothing. He didn't get a sniff. I think he had next year of 0.08. I think he had one snapshot at one stage. But yeah, he looked anonymous. Spurs looked hopeless. The wounded animal, like you said, Josh, they're, they're in a void. With the, with the other striker options, Kane's a, a no-go for me. I know some people have gone three up top. Kane, Ronaldo, Lukaku but the rest of the team's a dumpster fire. So, yeah, avoid, avoid, avoid. Bruno. Bruno, oh, yeah. For me, for me, he's in the Mane pile of, in isolation, probably not a bad pick. He's probably going to get points, but the implication of having him impact on the rest of your side is, isn't worth having him, I would say. I mean, you've still got him, Joshua.
0: You happy with him? I was happy with him for that Newcastle game. I think if I'm looking long, if I'm looking long term, I think over the course of the season he will can't return a decent amount of points, probably to justify his value. Yeah. But I think he'll be volatile, like you said, with Mane, and therefore, as an FBL manager, you're trying to pick and choose when to have him in and when to not have him in. And at his price point, I want someone just to set and forget, please. So I'm just, I think he's a little bit of a risky asset. You know, scores three in the first game, doesn't really do much for the next two. Then shows up with an absolute banger in game week four, but he's always going to play second fiddle to Ronaldo now. So I think his stake, unfortunately, is just is dropped, dropped so much that he's not worth the 12 anymore.
1: Yeah, I think it's the same as that we said last week. It's been done to death, the, the Bruno thing. the yes, listening will have their mind made up on him, won't they, one way or the other?
0: I don't what know. about a cheeky last throw at the dice for a premium? A Abamyang,
1: A Bamiyang Yeah, you've got, got the mark. 10 million, is he, striker?
0: I think he, his price drop is just under, unless under, it's gone yeah. back up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I love Aubameyang. I was heartbroken last year. That, I, feel robbed, I felt robbed last year that when he had that year as was classed as a midfielder, that he had just a shocking year. Like, imagine if he was a midfielder two years ago. It'd be breaking records. But, yeah, it's, it's, I, I mean, I'd love to see him start banging in again. I think he's a great player, potentially. Um, but with Arsenal as they are, you know, they beat Norwich 1-0 for their first points of the season. He got a scrappy goal. I actually thought Pepe looked better than Aubameyang in that game. So, yeah, still an avoid for me. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah, their run of fixtures is enticing. I saw Magnus Carlson brought him in. So I was like, oh, he barely you know makes a, smart a bad decision. Man. But I know what you mean. There's too many unknowns. It's, it's a risk, isn't it? A massive risk. Yeah, it is. I think, wait and
1: see, though. Keep watching him. If he, start, if he looks like he's there, bam, banging your bottle, then he's, he can mix it with Lukaku and Ronaldo all day long, I think, in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. That'll do for premiums, Josh, will it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've got, so I guess, so, like some quick-fire-specific points to cover now, isn't it? Not yeah, too much, but just some yeah. quick-fire ones. We've touched upon it already, but maybe, as you said, you can't consider it too much with making too many subs, but from a captaincy perspective, maybe, and more generally, How much stake do you put on home fixtures from what we've learned already or seen already?
1: Well, yeah, I was surprised you were not surprised. I was interested you put this in the running order, really. After that game week one, we were like, oh my God, home fixtures are the most important thing. You know, it was nearly all home wins on that first game week, wasn't it? Fans were back, start the season, new signings, all of those things that impacted that, those results. But looking at the results this week, I mean, one, two... I think four, we had four away wins, four away wins out of the 10 games and with Everton-Burnley still going on. So out of nine games, four were away wins, which suggests, you might say, tiny sample, but suggests that maybe it's not as cut and dry as that. I mean, some of them were, I mean, I'd say a lot of them were, were games where I'd imagine the home advantage would make more of an impact. So Watford Wolves, you know, you think that Watford home crowd beat Villa Hurt first game. That home crowd was a massive impact there. Wolves brush them aside, 2-0. Brentford-Brighton, 1-0 Brighton. And again, Leicester-Man City, 1-0 Man City. So the home teams didn't even score in those three games. So, yeah, I wonder if that's just, that's just ebbing a little bit now, that home factor. Players are getting more used to it and a bit of the adrenaline's gone. I don't know. What do you reckon?
0: Maybe it's not so pronounced as we thought for after game week one, but I still think there's an argument to say that it, it should be considered. Um, maybe just purely from the captaincy point and not drill down too far because I think what we're seeing is when teams at home, they've got a bit more of a bounce about them if they do get ahead and they can pummel teams. You could say the Leicester City game, if it was the reverse, if City were at home, they could have maybe given them a drumming like or that, that kind of thing. Or was it the Leicester crowd that actually nullified yeah. city's potential to kind of take them to task the brighton game against brentford brighton only scored a quite a late winner through trossard it was very very close yeah um, liverpool against leeds leeds not great at the moment but they got a red card the wolves watford again you, you mentioned maybe that that should have had a, played a bigger part but i'd expect wolves to win that game no matter if it's home or away but yeah just just a I guess a point to consider i think For captaincy, if you've got, you know, Ronaldo and Lukaku, both good fixtures, one's at home, one's away, I would maybe lean towards more the home fixture in that context. Yeah,
1: I would agree. I mean, it does, it is, um, you feel better, don't you, when you see your captaincy on a H in brackets, don't you? Or when your team is full of Hs. Like, actually, my whole team looking next week is Hs, apart from those two strikers. So that makes me feel good. Makes me feel warm inside.
0: Feel good factor. Uh, no place like home.
1: Yeah, there you go. So, time, I think. Time, I think it's only been four games. Time will tell over the course of the season if if the home thing is big. But yeah, it's interesting from a single player, pers- an individual player perspective. Whether whether it does, it feels the eye test and the feel, the gut feel feels good, doesn't it? On a on a home fixture. Good. Okay. Getting more specific. Antonio red card after three double digit hauls. Do we keep him, Josh? One it's a one game bank because so it was two yellows. Should we should you keep are you gonna keep him for one? And would you advise people to keep him generally?
0: I'd advise people to keep him if you can. The only reason that you may need to get rid of him is if for one game week next week, for example, you're not looking great with potential starters or things like that. And and that's kind of where where I'm looking at because I'm obviously quite light with my bench and I have Simikas and Obafemi, which immediately draws me down to, you know, only kind of one playing option. Yeah. So with him gone, it leaves me very light. So I may need to get him out just for one game week, and the, but we'll look to, to get him in again. So that's quite a specific thing, reason for me. But if I lived in a perfect world with a bench of enablers that could come on and get me two points, I'd st- I'd keep him. But yeah. what about you? You also own him. What are you thinking?
1: Yeah, same same to you. I have a bench that can play, so I'd, I would bring in... I personally, I brought Duffy in, benched Antonio this week. But the Calvert-Lewin injury... Interestingly, they've they've already updated the site, FBL, and they think Calvert-Lewin's back on 2nd of October, so they seem confident that he's two weeks away rather than just a, a one-week um, issue for him. So if... So I've got a choice, really. Do I get rid of Antonio or Calvert-Lewin? I have to make, and I have to make the transfer now. So I don't know what I'll do, but I completely concur with you. It's a one-week ban. I think a lot of casual players will see that red red triangle and get rid of Antonio. It's a one-week game. He's missing against Man United. Probably not going to bang them in against them anyway. So, yeah, hold. He's still an incredible player. Hold that. If it's not an injury with Antonio, you keep him. It's the, the bottom line for him, I reckon. Yeah. Good. So we're, we're in agreement on Antonio. Lee, I guess we'll... That, let's extend that now. We know about Calvert-Lewin. Two-week injury. Do you keep? Do you sell? What would you do?
0: I don't have him. I feel like it would be a hold unless you're mm. trying to work your way to moving up to one of those premiums, for example, and you can do that in one one move again I don't I'd keep him unless you need to put out fires um with, with in terms of playing teams because it is two weeks for him so maybe actually you need to look at it from a different perspective I mean, I'm going to go back on my word I think actually two weeks makes you makes you think that you need to kind of look at other options and yeah. for for me if I had D- DCL I'd probably be looking to upgrade him to one of the Um, premiums already because I'm assuming if you've got DCL he's so expensive that you don't have one or both of those or maybe all four of the people that we've talked about and you should be working towards that if you don't have it already.
1: Yeah, so he's 8.2 I can sell him for 8.2 I've got a mill in the bank 9.2 so with a hit I could get Ronaldo in, it's just whether I want to do that or not annoying, it's annoying because ideally I'd wait the week and, and not burn the the point four, but because he's the striker slot who I'd need to replace, it's, um, I'm annoyed, Josh, at him, actually. I'm actually very annoyed at him and Rafa Benitez for Should not be. giving me a clearer picture. But that will be food for thought. For it's me. almost like they don't
0: care about FPL
1: at all. It's strange, best. isn't it? They think they would though. <laughs> um, yeah. It'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. FPL will be, football will be a footnote to FPL eventually is my theory. That's the dream. Um, right. Antonio Red, we're done. Talk to me about Leeds, Josh. Um, We were quite excited about them at the start of the season. Rafinha was in a lot of teams. Um, You've got him. I did have him until my wild card came in. A poor performance against Liverpool. Some poor performances so far. Is it second season syndrome or have you got faith in Leeds?
0: I have faith in Leeds over the long term of the season. But right now, I would steer clear of Leeds assets purely because they're even, XG yeah. and, even with their
1: good run of fixtures. I should say
0: it depends. I guess who you're looking to bring in, but generally speaking, they're a team not on form, and therefore there are there are enough other great assets in in, in that you would bring in. If, for example, if I was looking to bring in Rafinha, but didn't have Gallagher, I'd bring in Gallagher. Sure. If I was looking to bring in Bamford but didn't have Antonio or DCL or, you know, didn't have one of those four that we're talking about, I'd look towards, to try and work towards that template. So I just don't think that they can give you every, the maximum that you need over the kind of immediate term.
1: Yeah, it's, diff- it's tough it? see it. So I'm thinking about Bamford for my my calvert Lewin replacement there. There are, I think Gary Neville made a really good point in the commentary of that Liverpool game, he was like, "They, they just roll over to the great te- to the really good teams, and they need to stop doing it. The way they play is so urgent; they're just so desperate. To, they're great to watch because they, they almost have the rule of you have to score in three seconds of a, having possession. They get it up the pitch so fast, but the great teams can just deal. The Liverpools can just deal with that easily and keep putting the pressure on them." But that's, it's why they score a lot of goals against the medium and poor teams, because they, they hit them on the break and the defenders don't know what to do. It's um, that man-marking.
0: Well, Ramford looks all right, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think it's that man-marking philosophy as well that they play. So like each mm-hmm. player has one man that needs to mark and they need to stick with them. And there are there will be times in the game where they get wrong side and there's no one obviously covering them because everyone's rushing. And they're saying yeah. against the, the big team, the, the big teams, you will have creative players who through one or two passes can just cut through that yeah. and they're just torn apart and they're one on one then then going going the other way so but i mean so eye test wise they're, they're not looking great stats wise also they've got i think it's the third worst xga and they've got the fourth worst in terms of obviously FBI perspective they've got the fourth worst xg as well so they're not okay. creating chances they're conceding a lot of chances. Surprising not from them on difficult.
1: the xG, yeah, very surprising. They're so low on the xG, yeah. It's
0: their good run. It's the good run
1: and the lack of other now other, other decent mid-right striker options that is uh, that's making me come back to Bamford a bit. But yeah, maybe maybe I need to consider that.
0: Wait and see. I think they're not there yet. They will get there, but this is not the time to take the risk. For me, it's too early to take the risk on them. Wait to see better signs of form. Agree, and then jump on the bandwagon. Um, broadly but, agree there, yeah. And the other team that you've mentioned, are we concerned about? We touched upon them already. Are Spurs do do we avoid them because of that one result, or are we were we worried about them before? What are you thinking?
1: I I think we should have been more worried about them before. They have three one nil wins on the bounce. Um, but in if you dig a little deeper with those games, they were quite fortunate to get some of those wins. The Wolves one sticks out especially to me. So it wasn't a massive surprise to see them capitulate against against Palace, even though it's Palace. Like they should be worried there. You know they lose Sun, they're probably their best player, and then they fall apart. They're a bit unlucky with the defensive injuries, granted, but they didn't look good even with the full strength. Without Sun, it wasn't um, wasn't a good look for them at all. So I would definitely avoid now and see how they do. See if Kane gets into some form. See if they can work out how to get the ball to him a bit more.
0: Yeah, I agree as well. So monitor both of those, but stay clear for now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Sorry, Spurs fans, but not looking good. Okay, great. So that's, uh, that's all the talking points. Should we take a very quick break and then come back for game week five transfer plans and captaincy? I think we're over to break. Let's do it. Indeed. And we're back. So, Jack, game week five. Do you know what you're doing yet? Or you just have a concept idea? Or do you talk talk about what's your thought pattern for game week five?
1: Uh, So, very happy with the wild card, obviously, last week. Was going to roll one. Bench Antonio, bring in Duffy, as I've mentioned. The Calvert-Lewin thing now is a bit of a spanner in the works. So, yes, I'm going to have to do some more ruminating on that. To decide if I bring in another bench player and bench Antonio and DCL, or more likely look to move DCL. Either take a hit and get Ronaldo or get move a more lateral move to a, a Bamford or an Ings or a, maybe even an Ivan Tony, um, Ooh, who I Ivan. think has been unlucky not to get more points, I would say, watching the games. So, Crazy yeah, Ivan. The, I'll have to mull that one over. I might wait for the the European games, see how they do see if any injuries happen, blah blah blah, see if we get any more insight on DCL and and then make a
0: decision after that. Okay, so so yeah. plan A is a hold, which would be lovely, but it plan would B... be great.
1: yeah, it would have been so good, but as I said, you just cannot plan these things week to True. week you can't plan long term, even even you can't plan till the bloody next week before an injury happens, so yeah. That's where I am really. Would you if you were me, would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I mean you've just wildcarded. So, you know, you're obviously happy with your team going to this week. The only reason you're thinking about changes is because of an injury. And in fact, I'd say a lot of your picks have been validated because of the points returned. So I know mean, just uh yeah, I'd I would try and roll. But then as you said, if you've got a, a particular big fire to put out, then um fix it. But until you know exactly what the, what the fire is you can't can look at it so yeah the
1: DCL is a fire he is a fire I think but yeah but that's yeah that's quite a boring situation Josh you've got a much more interesting one tell me about your plans
0: I do so I have quite a big fire I think I've mentioned it already because of the weak bench that I hold which is you know Simicast, Brown Hill and Obafemi two of those will, are not likely to start game mm-hmm. week five which means brown hill is coming in but then obviously if anyone else doesn't start i'm on struggle street so mm-hmm. antonio is the only is the natural person i can maybe use his value to get to someone who i'd like to go to anyway and that's lukaku sure. so last week i, I downgraded from Sun because of his injury to torres that means i've got 4.4 4 in the bank a lot of cash, a
1: lot of money in the bank. That's more than I've ever had. I think it's huge.
0: And um, that was with I made that Torres move with that in mind. Really, that I could get to Lukaku for this week if if I really needed to. Not saying that I would want to go from Antonio, but if if he went if he went off like he did now, I think I was trying to give myself manoeuvrability to get to him or Ronaldo in one or two moves. So yeah, that's probably what I'm looking at, especially because Antonio's going to miss a game for sure. The only other alternative is I could obviously replace Simacas or Alba to playing bench fodder. But that just feels like a waste for me, really. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to try and keep this this team together. And I don't mind it as, as at the moment, keep it together till kind of game week seven, where we mentioned it looks like a good a good break in the fixtures to really yeah. wild card and, and start fresh with the new team then.
1: Yeah. Fair. I think the Antonio suspension has made it a bit easier for you to make that Antonio Takaku move, has not it? I think if he played well again this week, that would have been a hard move to make a harder move to, to make, but um, yeah, it's yeah. been
0: made for me, as you said, it's, yeah, it's... almost been made for me because if, if he played well, then I would be really begrudged to get him out. And I think I would have been maybe looking at upgrading of Femi to someone else using that 4.4 million or something like that, which would have then made it a lot harder for me after this game week to get to any of those two premiums. So, no um, but as we said at the beginning, you want three of those four. I've got Trent, I've got Salah. So if I can get Lukaku in this week, then I've got my magic three.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great move. Great move. Captaincy, Josh, what's going on there? What are you thinking?
0: I'm thinking Salah. If in doubt, Salah. That's, um, that's, yeah. no, looking at those just on the basis of fixtures, which is normally where my first point of go to, to to try and highlight a captain, Liverpool at home to Palace and Man City at home to Southampton look like the two. City wise, I've only got Torres, and really, I have no confidence that he'll start or even yeah. play more than 30 minutes. So um, he get uh, gets immediately taken off the table, but Salah was always the favourite. For me, there. But you've got more, more choice. Who would you, who would you pick? Yeah, it's.
1: I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Lukaku, your new toy, Lukaku. There, because Spurs did not look good. They've got injured defence. Lukaku's on fire. Are you not? I'm a bit tempted. It's on Lukaku at the moment for me. But yeah, as you say, it's definitely between the Salah and the Lukaku. Salah is very tempting against Palace, and I haven't looked at anyone else really. I think, yeah, I've got Traore against Brentford, obviously not going to happen. Torres, as you say, against Southampton. If he doesn't play in the Champions League, maybe I'll entertain it. But I think, I still think Salah and Lukaku are the better shouts.
0: Yeah, yeah. maybe because maybe I don't have Lukaku, I wasn't really focusing on it. But obviously, likely that'll i bring him in. I'm just a bit worried about derbies. Yeah. Derbies game. Yeah. become a lot closer and more fractious than... yeah. And uh, maybe that will, you know, Tanganga, the fiery Tanganga, won't be the, won't be playing in that game. But I think even a wounded Spurs will sharpen their claws for a London derby against Chelsea. Yeah, I
1: don't know if Sun's back. Is he back?
0: I've no idea. That I mean, they were saying he was kind of touch and go to start this week, so I would assume maybe yeah. he would be back for for this. He wasn't in. I don't think they were saying he's training. He needs to be um, evaluated, and I think they said from the conferences he doesn't look great so yeah. we know nothing we don't know if he's going to be starting against against Chelsea but um, yeah so yeah I think yeah. still Salah for me but if you of any player that you own or do not own who would you pick or who would you consider yeah, I mean
1: it would still be those who've mentioned Salah is Salah and Lukaku the standouts for me I actually have a question a slightly reframing of this question for me Josh would be who scares you that you don't have Who's your biggest fear this week?
0: Ronaldo, if, yeah. that I don't have. Yeah, obviously, I think it's any one of those four that four premiums that you don't own. Yeah. Um, and as I'll be potentially owning Lukaku, he doesn't scare me as much as, as Ronaldo does. If I didn't own Salah, I'd be petrified of that. Uh, that's yeah. probably the one I'd be scared of most out of all of those fixtures. But not owning Ronaldo after what he did last week, and with a West Ham team who didn't play great and or without Antonio, it's scared of him. For sure, man.
1: I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Man United generally scare me because I don't have any United players. So if they do have a great game, they're so well-owned across the board that, you know, we're talking Shaw, Bruno and Ronaldo, that, I, that it can really hurt me. So I'll be, that'll be the game I watch, hoping West Ham without Antonio can... Could put up a fight, yeah. I think I don't think Ronaldo's a bad captaincy at all against the Hammers. He'll still be, he'll still be wanting to do well, and as he always does, um, should be an open game
0: as well. Should not I, I have thought. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So, not actually not too much to cover in terms of transfer plans and captaincies. It's quite straightforward this week. Yes, indeed. Um, so that brings us it, to the algo teams.
1: Yes, of course, everyone's favourite feature. So the algorithm teams. These are the teams we run for two of our friends who we run with an algorithm, quote unquote. So the XG eleven, a team picked purely on XG stats, and then the Differential United, with players picked that can only play, uh, that have to be under five percent owned. So so far the XG eleven has been trouncing the Differential United, but this week it's been a turn up for the books, Josh. Ooh. So the XG11 has suffered this week. Oh. Um, it's still, it's only on, it's on a paltry 39 points with Tarkowski still in play, but a disastrous captaincy. Of course, it captains the highest XG in the team, which is Antonio. Unprecedented disaster there. But the other picks didn't do well really, either Vardy with a blank, more pay. Suchek isn't doing well. El Ghazi has stopped playing. So the only players to return was Salah, Bruno, Stace and Allison in goal for the XG11. So not very good. And moving on to differential United, it did beat them, but not a great score again. 45 points, for the XG11. The Manet captaincy come in big though with 16 points. Um, St. Max got a return and Alonso and Veltman in in defence doing well with returns there. But again, a bit disappointing. Raheem Sterling and Jimenez are not looking good. The Adam Armstrong pick hasn't paid dividends yet. Um, Chalabra on the bench with a six-pointer, but again, not looking too good for differential 11 at all. What we've decided to do, because it's hard, especially in a European week, to to know what transfers will make for ourselves and these teams, what we're going to do is on our YouTube channel, we're going to release a video later in the week specifically about the moves that these teams make. Um, so if you're interested, head over to YouTube later in the week and you'll see that we'll have uploaded a video like and subscribe to get notified about that video i would say josh would you agree
0: of course i'd agree jack when it comes to that and i guess it's also topical to say like and subscribe on youtube but we're also now on not only on youtube on spotify but on uh, apple Podcasts as well so wherever you want to listen Will be droning it. through your headphones.
1: By all means. And if there's a platform that we're not aware of or we've missed that we should be on, leave us a comment, leave us a little tweet, you know, let us know. Where do you want it? We want to put this out there so you can listen to it. So do let us know. And as ever, any, any feedback, more than welcome. What's the email address, Josh? Another FPL podcast at gmail.com.
0: That's the one. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. Drops a line. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll, give, we'll read it out. You know, we've never had an email. If you're the first email in, send an email. Promise we'll read it. If it's, you know, within <laughs> guidelines.
0: Yeah. Don't um, know what those guidelines are, but... Yeah.
1: Just don't, don't be rude, so I'd
0: say. We'll just bleep it out. Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay. I think that wraps it up, Josh.
0: That wraps it up. Covered everything. Great. We'll be in touch after game week five to cover everything that's uh, happened there. Um, until then... Enjoy the rest of your week, everyone.
1: Thanks very much. Cheers, Josh. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye-bye.